0: Hello and welcome to Criterion Close Up. I'm Mark Herney here with Aaron West and uh, a bit of a different episode here, Aaron. Number 49, we are delving into a boutique label.
1: Boutique, Uh, yes. Are there any (laughs) others these days?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very much. It's funny how that 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 term became a thing just uh, in the past, I don't know, few years, couple of years maybe calling um, things a boutique label. I mean, there was... Always thought of these DVD and Blu-ray releasing companies as, um, you know, really a supplement to the studios, and they've kind of mm-hmm. taken over. They've taken over. So, and
1: I think Criterion is probably really the the um, the first boutique label and yeah. sort of the the big daddy uh, boutique right. label. So uh, this is the gold standard kinda, for sure. Yeah, the gold standard. Yeah. So mm-hmm. everybody's sort of following along, and uh, but there's room for plenty. And uh, right. So. This is Twilight Time, as people probably know because they p- clicked to download. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> right. there, there are plenty others. So this is just one uh, that, that you and I particularly love. Yeah,
0: yeah, agreed. And they're kind of a, a nice supplement to Criterion's, the way I, I think of them as you know they're releasing uh, some films that, well, Criterion could release, but are, um, I don't know if you want to call them B-level, but just kind of forgotten gems uh, in a lot of cases from the mm-hmm. the major studios and So, you know, but we can, uh, we'll get into that a bit as we we talk about the history. But, you know, we we are a Criterion podcast, but we do, uh, as you um, noted, we follow all home media and there are plenty of options. And, you know, this happens to be a Region A label, uh, something that folks can buy to supplement their Criterion buying and watching. And, uh, you know, you and I happen to be region B enabled so we do buy uh, other stuff but this is definitely a, a favorite of of yours and mine we 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 share our purchases back and forth uh we quite do. often.
1: we <laughs> we just did actually uh, about yep. an hour or two ago so yeah yep uh, yeah, yeah, exactly
0: and we'll get into that but uh yeah. they we love them yeah, absolutely, and it, it's uh, yeah. So talking about Twilight Time today, let's uh, delve into it. Um, so little, you know, little history, description of the label, little love we want to give them. Uh, they were they were founded in 2011. This is from uh, Brian Jameson and Nick Redman, a couple of folks I wasn't familiar with before uh, Twilight Time. So nice mm-hmm. to um, you know, kind of get to know their their. Uh, history and where they were coming from and they're both uh, from what i understand they're both veterans of the motion picture and music industry and uh, they founded really founded this company as a way to release a vintage film to the classic dvd and of course blu-ray collector so do we fit that mold aaron are we are we yes, collectors sorry.
1: i gotta call you out are you reading off wikipedia <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's straight straight lifted from there
1: yes uh uh yeah uh, brian and nick founded the label they both worked with studios uh, uh nick uh worked with fox and he's more of a, a music aficionado did a right. lot of sound soundtrack work and brian uh he he was with warners i'm not as up on what he did with warners i think i think it was maybe acquisitions but since nick is you know i think he's really the face and name of uh, twilight time he does right does interviews and uh, and he's and he's done one podcast for uh, P- killer pov uh and i th- i think he was actually on there twice and uh, and he he brought gifts so uh mm. uh we need to get nick on although he's in la so uh, we that would be an <laughs> expensive flight to uh to uh to get some free uh, dvds they decided to uh, start a company and it was really a very daring daring venture uh, yeah. nick worked with uh, archiving film preservation so he he saw and experienced a lot of this this stuff firsthand and he he saw the market where they were headed, and uh, and yeah, it was a, a pretty bold move for them to start a label, and uh, especially in today's market. Where yeah, they, this this climate for sure. Yeah, and I, I think they he he kind of used the the model of, and we'll get into the some, but the, the model of uh, the soundtracks where they use limited edition three thousand copies for these uh, the soundtracks for films, and uh, and I think that's actually worked very well for them. Yeah, they, they know yeah, what they, they need to sell and right. uh, what it'll cost, so
0: yeah they kind of set that that model that uh, other companies have followed to uh, to some extent where you know you you set the limited nature of it and it really you know gives them an opportunity to license these films and release them and you know this is the limited run of course we've seen them re-release this wasn't part of the original business model as i understand but you mm-hmm. know they have done some encore editions as they you know as they say you know no reason not to just because it's limited doesn't mean you know other folks shouldn't have Access to them, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, and it seems like um, I know a a little bit about Brian. I guess he was uh, he was uh, a film director. I know he directed a documentary, uh, producer, promoter. uh, So he did a lot of uh, promotions for. I think it was Close Encounters, Mm -hmm. um, and he was involved with uh, Stanley Kubrick, uh, as I as I remember. So he he called this. Uh, Brian called this really a win-win project. Uh, you know, it, it makes sense. You know, it's a way for them to license films, get them out to film lovers, where uh, they don't have to. The studios don't have the financial investment to mm-hmm. you know, produce the discs. So it's really a it's it's a model of um, you know. Like you alluded to, Criterion is the the gold standard for doing this kind of thing. They don't, you know, actually produce the films; they license them. But it's another way with uh, with this to release some of those films again that would be forgotten. We'll we'll talk about those, um, mm-hmm. you know, where that where that lies. But um, you know, we we have to tip our caps to them because we wouldn't have a lot of these movies that uh, you know we're going to have a top five and some short takes that you know we wouldn't be able to probably see these films especially in a blu-ray edition uh, without them so mm-hmm. we we love it
1: yeah and, I, and I, we should say that even though they they release in, in 3000 units sometimes they stretch that to 5000 uh, Right. And, and some popular titles and these are uh, these are available until they sell out and so some titles sell have sold out immediately i, I think yeah. Christine and Fright Night and actually Christine's an interesting example because the Stephen King film because it, it actually sold out a few years back, and it, since then, the studios released it. And, right. And then Fright Night, there's an encore edition. Uh, in fact, I have two copies of Fright Night. One is the autographed, um, and and that one sold out. I, I believe this is the last year they're going to do encore editions, uh, the, the recent... Um, uh, uh,
0: Bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia, or was that the yes, one? Yes, yes, yeah.
1: the peck and paw I, yeah. on the tip of my tongue. That was the uh, the the most recent encore. I, there might be one it's, more. Yeah, curious if they
0: they do go that route. Um, and I thought of you know the the name itself, Twilight Time. Uh, I had there was a interview on um, what was it, Nick Picks, where he does talk about this, and I was kind of mm-hmm, thinking about. Mm-hmm. I I like the the name because what it reminded me of or made me think of was them releasing, really taking this chance, like you said, and releasing DVDs and especially Blu-rays exclusively now in the twilight time of the physical media world, you know, so it... (laughs) kind of made sense uh, apparently that's not where it came from I, I guess he'd uh, Nick had proposed the project and uh, Danny Hirsch who was the mastering engineer um, said well you're gonna lose your shirt it's going to be Twilight time for you so it's right, kind of a little right. you know little play on the uh, the word so definitely it, a nice appropriate
1: title it's an in joke uh, but I, I think that it, it actually speaks to uh, the Their feelings about the industry, you know, they they're realists. They know where uh, where these are at, and they know, you know, ten years ago, people probably couldn't fathom the idea that studios wouldn't want to put out their own uh, back catalog. And and I'd say that's that's a better uh, description of the type of film. I don't know if if I'd say B film, but just catalog title, and I think that's the the term that uh, that Nick has used. So yeah, um, what they they have deals with uh, three major studios, I believe, Fox, Warner, and MGM. Uh, United Artists, uh, MGM and United Artists are, are combined, and so they right. put out really five so, Sony two, right? Oh, did I? Uh, okay, yeah, Sony two. Yeah. Um, and so they they basically take their their transfers. Uh, they're not archiv. I mean, well, they I guess they they do some arch- archiving, but they're not. Uh, it's not like Criterion, who will spend all those these. Years uh, working on the Appu trilogy, they uh, right. they they're picky about the transfers. They they're not not going to just put out anything, but mm-hmm. they basically they're at the mercy of the studios. Who uh, and I, I read uh, another thing that studio and Nick had mentioned mentioned that in this interview, but studios have been archiving their back catalogs uh, really, in lieu of uh, film preservation, just to have them for digital distribution, like. Voodoo and that sort of thing, and uh, in that article, that was a couple of years ago. Uh, Nick had said each one costs a quarter of a million dollars. I, I've heard between that and two hundred thousand, but uh, right. but it's a good good time for them. There's lots of not lots of content, plenty of titles, and it's amazing they do come out with pretty good pretty good material month after month
0: yeah absolutely and it, they've definitely upped their game as far as uh, you know the release schedule there were there weren't supposed to be as many as they do and they release you know five six titles a month uh, as i mentioned you know moving from dvd to blu-ray only so they you know they really know their audience uh it's mm-hmm. interesting you know difference between criterion and twilight time is criterion doesn't release or does release dvds twilight time doesn't you know they're just Really catering to you know folks like us that want the best you know possible presentation, we have sure. our Blu-ray player. You know we're that's not right. uh, not sitting on the the DVD player. So,
1: and sorry, let me correct one thing I said. There is one more encore edition coming out, is the Train, which had sold oh, out yeah. pre- Frankenheimer's. So th- that's th- right. that's again a, that's a title that you could could see on Criterion. Uh, th- there are a number of those, and I, I'm sure we'll we'll discuss a few. Well, we did discuss a few on uh, the Truffaut episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there there are uh, there is certainly some some crossover. So, um, yeah. So what you know, we wanted to of course talk about the history a little bit. You mentioned the um, you know the the different studios, and uh, it seems like they're starting to branch out. I mean, of course, I know you know you mentioned MGM. They've got uh, protagonist films, which is the film four library. So that you started to see some Ken Loach, and wondering if uh, we'll see some. Um, some more neil jordan and paul greengrass uh, neil jordan's in the criterion collection with uh, mona sure. lisa yeah out so, of print yeah
1: yeah so. I, actually I've, that's that's one of my uh, critiques actually i, I did uh, mention that to twilight time is that the ken loach don't have subtitles which basically means that's that's like a to me that's like a foreign film without without subtitles so uh haven't gotten around that yet. I think there might be a workaround if I watch them on my computer, uh, some somehow. But, uh, but no, I love Ken Loach. Uh, I, I love a, a lot of their titles, which is part of why we're doing a show.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, it's and very diverse too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, with the the business model, we talked about how they the, it is three thousand units. Some are five thousand units. Like, um, I think. Uh, John Carpenter's Vampires currently is available that way, and uh, Zardoz, but uh, a lot of them are 3,000, and they, um, you know, they they are certainly a, a, a niche label. Um, I think um, one of the things for the business model that I thought of, too, in, in this climate, and I know, you know, shout out to Off the Shelf, because a lot of what we're talking about is uh Something that uh, Criterion cast with Brian Sauer and of course mm-hmm. Ryan Gallagher um, will will talk about these things about how you know the studios are kind of moving into the manufactured on demand route rather than having these uh, these fully pressed discs that Twilight Time has that they sell you know bef- until they sell out. So you've got. You know companies like warner brothers and universal and sony are pressing stuff on uh, D- uh, dvdrs and you know recordable blu-rays and there isn't really any kind of additional restoration and often isn't you know they often don't have supplements although some of the warner brothers ones do so it's nice mm-hmm. that they um, are still going that kind of re repressed um, or fully pressed route just i i still have the concern about how those manufactured on demand discs are going to you know hold up so yeah, i, I yeah. feel better you know, about buying a a regular pressed disc
1: yeah i'm, I'm not uh, really uh, interested in buying the 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 disc on demand yet but uh, maybe that's where the market will go yeah
0: so you know a little history on twilight time and wanted to talk about some of the notable titles that have sold out that uh, you know they do fetch a uh, hefty price on the the secondary market maybe not quite criterion prices but um you know they are ones that are uh, popular so um you know th- in the early days as we had talked about before they did release a number of uh discs on dvd there was a few dvd only and then some they started getting it into the blu-ray market and are, are now um, really just, uh, specifically Blu-ray and, um, if you check out the, uh, there's a Wikipedia page with a, a number of, a list of films and the, the date that they went out of print, it's interesting to see, you know, the release date of when it was released and then how long it took for it to, to sell out. And of course you mm-hmm. alluded to, you know, like the Christine disc was actually before the release date because it's, right. you know, it's a, it's a pre-order, <laughs> pre-order. and, you know, so it's like, uh, like traveling, uh, back in time, but, uh. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, so Fright Night, of course. It it seems like the uh, some of the horror titles have been the you know those genre pictures have been the most popular. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones to sell oh, out that quickly. For sure. You know, yeah. like the the Fright Night and and uh, Christine, of course.
1: And some of the '70s pictures, uh, and uh, sort of like the, the Charles Bronson ones, those have been pretty popular. And then the yeah. the, uh, the uh, Harryhausen films, these big special effects blockbusters, those have sold out pretty pretty quickly. Uh, What's interesting is some some will say because it's three thousand and they're just they exist until they're gone. So mm-hmm. some have sold out over a period of years. So for example, a Picnic sold out last year, but it was released in 2012. So yeah, one it, of it just early Blu-rays yeah. can take a while. Yeah, whereas. Uh, mm-hmm you know vampires came out i believe it was last year and that's close to selling out already right. um, so
0: it's one of those ones where you know sometimes it's surprising you think it'll sell out even even quicker than it does especially like a horror title like that or you know zardoz i thought you know even though it's a bit of a niche i don't know what you want to call it <laughs> <laughs> it's some, something sci-fi o- something yeah it's yeah something takes uh takes longer and then you've got you know something like the an early release for them swamp water which is the renoir Mm -hmm. film is still you know 2012 and it still hasn't sold out so it's just interesting the uh and and some popular ones like um you know journey to the uh, the center of the earth and um, i'm wondering about with some of these too how it's interesting how some of them are uh, they've been released with those those signing copies. Like I think you mentioned, like Night of the Living Dead um, was a uh, well, th- that wasn't a signing copy. I think I th- I'm thinking of one of the other. I think it was Fright Night was um, right. Yeah, you know where it was, uh, um, you know, sold out, and they had a if you bought a hundred dollars worth, then you would receive a, an autograph copy. It seems like they've moved to other types of releases um, you know, mm-hmm. to have those those signings. But yeah, yeah and any, I,
1: what what those are is they maybe once every month or two, uh, what they'll do is they'll have uh, maybe a 200 signed copies that they'll offer, and if you, if you buy maybe four or five discs, you get that one free. So it's kind of like a sale. So they're they're usually twenty nine ninety five. So then that, it's a little little steeper than a lot of you know the ones you get get on Amazon, like even Criterion's. So, uh, so it, it's almost like a buy five, get one free. And yeah, I have the Fright Night. Uh, I, I've actually partook in a few of those, probably about half a dozen or so. It, yeah, it Usually if I like the film.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I've kind of, uh, been, well, a, a little bit, uh, more <laughs> all encompassing <laughs> with those. That's kind of been my in point to, well, it's time to put a, a Twilight Time order in. Oh, we have a signing. Uh, whether or not I like the film, uh, I'll go ahead and uh, get it because it's a free disc. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's like um like doing this podcast Aaron was a really good excuse for me to delve into some Twilight Time films because we've been talking about Criterion a lot. So, I think of the sale as the same thing, you know, it's a reason to sure. um, you know, pick up some titles that some of them I, I've never heard of. A lot of them, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, either by director or renown or just looks interesting, will be you know ones that I I will choose and uh, really just a, a reason to um, you know want to want to get into it. So
1: yeah, yeah. And and with the lim- limited uh, edition, sometimes you do wonder. All right, is this going to sell out? Am I going to be able to wait exactly. several months down the road? And and most most of the time you can, but there are some titles if if they came out with something a, a Fright Night caliber, you would want to. Be uh, ready day of release to uh, to get in the cart. But uh, I, today I pre-ordered Eye of the Needle, uh, which is probably not going to sell out. i could someday, but probably not right away. But just you know, while I'm there, why not? Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it, it's a really good. Uh, it's a good reason to buy something because it's limited. Uh, you know, also a bad reason, I, I think, for my, <laughs> our wallets because it makes us you know want to buy them and they're, they're certainly that taps into the collectible nature of them you know anything that goes out of print the the uh, the price does uh, tend to increase so
1: and it's an interesting know, it, back to the model it, it is an interesting strategy of theirs too you know they having that uh, finite number and so right. when we get these low quantity alerts uh, i i will in fact today i, I just purchased about five discs that uh, were low quantity because i don't want to miss out and right. uh would i have purchased all? you know all of those, or any of those, well, probably some of them I might have, but I, I wouldn't have the the urgency wouldn't be there because I, I don't want to miss my chance,
0: right. Yeah, and it's not to say you know that they won't be released later by some other platform, but it does seem to. You know, I I think of you know the two sides to every story really there where you know if there there could be another release, but we may never see a physical copy of it again, and it may be something that is too obscure to ever get a another release. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it'll go streaming, maybe it won't. We may never see it for years. So you never know. A, yeah. Interesting kind of uh, time frame that we live in for, for movies. You know, it doesn't. Uh, it's we're outside of the obviously the boom in DVD. That was how for a few right. years there, how everyone got their movies. You know, from of course VHS and you know the big boom in DVD, and now there's so many different ways to, to consume films. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, you know
1: what's, what's interesting is I did read an article lately uh, recently that um, that it's, it seems like online sales of films are down. Which is curious, you know, like Voodoo and iTunes. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people that that bu- just buy digital versions now. Sure. But uh, it seems like the demand is is not as high, and, and I think maybe people are just maybe people like us are buying you know physical copies still. I, I well, they, they definitely are. They're still selling. Right. Uh, but I think maybe a lot of people are just using like the streaming services and and just taking what they offer and not taking what uh, you can get. Yep. Right. Not looking for specific titles. And it, if you think about it, that's kind of what Twilight. Time Criterion, shout uh, Arrow—they're curating films for us. It's not like we're specifically looking for these films. Right. Uh, whereas Twilight Time, it's basically just catalog titles, and they—you uh, know—they're all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and you—you you see some that
0: you you know or. Or maybe excited about, you know, like uh, I, I knew some some fans of something like, you know, Sexy Beast, the, the Glazer film. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, and maybe that's an endpoint for them. They, if they can uh, bring someone into the, the business model uh, or, or get them to be introduced to the label, um, maybe they'll want to delve into it more. You know, I, I love yeah. this. Someone might, who's a casual fan, may just be like, well, I love this film, but, you know, curious what else uh, Twilight Time does. So.
1: And uh, yeah. they they do collect email addresses and you and I just got an email about the pre-orders a couple of days ago. So yeah, they, I think they're they're doing very well to harness these people who are interested in, in buying physical media still. And uh, right, and I, I think they're they've definitely proven their their model. They're successful. I expect uh, th- you know in that article that w- that we both read, uh, Nick had his doubts. Or and I don't I don't know if he was really serious about w- whether he thought his company would last. But you know, he mm-hmm. it's something yep. I'm sure he thinks about. But I, I think they're definitely here to stay. You know, we just have to see the way the market goes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, things will always change. But yeah. What about uh, you know any you th- when you think of Twilight Time, I, I had a little bit of a difficult time kind of narrowing this down as far as their you know their types of films. Is there really is there a genre that you feel kind of fits them? And we we talked about the um, you know the the catalog releases. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything
1: that kind of makes makes them distinctive for you, Aaron? Yes and no. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, they really do run the gamut. They they have classic film. In fact, we're going to do our favorites in a little bit. One of mine yep. is a, an, an old 30s film, which you don't see very much of those at all. So, and they have some, some 30s, 40s, 50s, uh, and more 60s, 70s, 80s, I'd say these days. But, you know, that's not, you know, they just came out with... Uh, well, I mentioned Eye of the Needle. That was the '80s. But uh, they had uh, the fabulous Baker Boys. That was '90s. They've had yeah. super in Seattle, and so yeah, they they have horror films like the Fright Night Christine. Uh, they have genre films. They have a lot of action films. So yeah, they really are all all over the place. I, I think one thing that's somewhat consistent with them is that it's generally English sp- speaking, uh, aside from you know those those film four titles. There's a few, yeah. There's there's a handful of foreign films. You know, we we mm-hmm. talked about the Truffauts. I. Uh, I think uh a that was a very obscure one. I think that was Italian. So sometimes it's and, and few, they did yeah. they did Harlock the Space Pirate which was 3D and that was actually a, a new release. I think they were the first ones to release that in the States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so yeah, I, they are all over the place. It's a, it's tough to to narrow them down, but generally if you're a film fan, I think there's something you'll like whether it's sometimes art house or classic art mm-hmm. house or classic genre cult Grindhouse films, you know, they have yeah. those too. Uh, it's really all, and then uh, you know, they even have Merchant Ivory. <laughs> so right,
0: yeah, um, they kind of they, they kind of dip their toes into everything. I, I certainly see a lot of you know 70s films like they've got you know The Last Detail and Panic and Needle Park and Rollerball, some somewhat um, you know again you could right. say kind of forgotten uh, 70s films but and it's mm-hmm. you know the the other thing is you know you mentioned Truffaut and they've kind of followed some directors uh, again more catalog yeah. titles like Oliver Stone I think of or um, one that I uh, was going uh, trying to delve into just didn't get time their number of Woody Allen titles uh, that they oh, have yeah. you know it's nice that you know you get like with Woody, you get the you have your Ernie Halls and your uh, Manhattan's that the studios release, but there's a lot of other ones out there that mm-hmm. um, you know Twilight Time has released. I think they've got like eight or ten um, titles, um, you know, like sure. Zelig and Purple Rose of Cairo, and so it's nice yeah. to kind of see that focus
1: from them. Yeah. And I think Crimes and Misdemeanors sold out recently. Yeah, yeah, so that, yeah, they do have Woody. Of course, Woody doesn't do special features. That's one of his his uh, deals. He doesn't like special features, so those right. are bare bones. Uh, uh, but yeah, he's not the only director. There's also Walter Hill has a, a handful in the collection, uh, and I mentioned Harryhausen. Even though Harryhausen's not a director, I, I think mm-hmm. people it's a very distinctive type of film. So uh, so, so yeah, there's um, there is a certain flavor. Uh, you know, if you if you mentioned a, a film. Yeah, we'll say another Walter Hill film, uh, and and we're okay. This could come out in the states, or or maybe like Robert Aldrich. Um, they've done a few of that his too. Like what what, what label could uh, put those out? Well, you think maybe Twilight Time, right. maybe maybe Shout, or maybe maybe even a studio, but probably Twilight Time. Uh, but, yeah,
0: yeah, it's a good it's a good point. You know, you can take a, a t- particular title these days, and you know which boutique label does that really fit into? Um, and yeah, I mean, there, there's certain ones that. You can see them coming into but you can kind of take almost anything and say oh twilight time could do that you know if no one else is going to do it um you know it might be something that uh they you know again that catalog title that they they might release so yeah definitely some overlap Mm -hmm. so yeah any um i mean we talked about the the genre kind of what makes twilight time distinctive um you know one thing i guess i wanted to mention on the the distinctive part is uh how they do things is um, the, um, the, you know, the cases themselves, they start with, they started with the, the blue Blu-ray cases, and then they moved to the, um, the, the clear cases. I've kind of almost, you know, similar to what Criterion has. I, I'm personally, I think I, I like the, the clear cases better. Um mm-hmm. overall it's nice that they within the the insert within the disc the clear cases i don't know if it's all of them but they're kind of two-sided now you know so right, they have the yeah. classic you know outer insert and then the uh, the inner insert might have a, a still from the film so it's a it's a nice look kind of a, a richer look and even even takes it outside of the the blu-ray um, type of release you know that uh it You don't think of it necessarily as, when I look at it, as a Blu-ray, I think of it more of just a film, whereas with the blue case, Mm -hmm. you know, which I feel the same with any of the catalog releases from, um, or, you know, any title releases from any studio, when it's blue, you know, it's blue, but, you know, in this case, it kind of almost transfers into, you know, oh, I'm just looking at a film, so...
1: And they just started doing that a couple of years ago, uh, right? The only, and it's, I wouldn't call it a gripe, but the only reservation is that now you have blue and white or in clear CDs exactly. or, or DVDs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Although the, the spines all look the same, they're all they're all black with white lettering and have the the little logo at the very top. So, uh, right, you know, on the shelf, they you, you can't you can well, if you really look, you can tell them apart because of the blue and, and the the clear, which does kind of look white, but uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, to to those OCD people that
1: don't don't like uh, something to look different, you know, they
0: may not uh, may right. not like it, but
1: I, I don't. It doesn't bother me that much, and and they don't yeah. have spine numbers like uh, like Criterion and some other labels, right. uh, but uh, which is fine I, I, because they kind of defy cater- categorization anyway. And there's a lot of outer print. I, I think spine numbers is smart because uh, you know, people. You don't want people to. I don't really think of them as a, a kind of label that you would be a completionist. You know, right. I love a lot of their films and for a lot of reasons, but I, I'm not going to go search eBay to find this, uh, you know, a rare film that I really had no interest in in the first place. So mm-hmm. you can yeah. kind of pick and choose, kind of like uh, our podcast. You know, some some people won't want to listen to every single episode because they don't like the film. Well, not, mm-hmm. Actually, people should listen to every single episode of our film. Of course.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's us, right? So, Right. <laughs> no, but, we, you know, like Twilight Time, we might introduce you on this podcast to a film that you've never heard of or weren't that interested in. And mm-hmm. I, I find the same thing with Twilight Time. Every time I put an order in, it's, you know, the six discs for the free signed copy and a couple of them i just not familiar with. And, you know, I... We'll will definitely uh, check it out, and a lot of times uh, appreciate it. So.
1: Yeah, I, I have a lot of blind buys from from Twilight Time. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's that's one recurring theme for me is uh, is I'm introduced to a lot of films that I probably otherwise wouldn't uh, wouldn't watch. So yeah, and I generally definitely. like them. That's uh, that's also a, a good thing. So if yeah. they were terrible, I probably would 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 stop, and we Thank wouldn't be having cool. this episode. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, and one thing uh, you know we we did note, and just wanted to to bring up was uh, regarding the film american buffalo this was a interesting kind of development for them in that they lost the rights to it before the film actually was sold out you know the 3,000 yeah, yeah it's interesting run so yeah um you know they're selling as many as they can before i guess a, a date when it's uh, officially they they lose the rights to it so kind of a yeah i think it's interesting.
1: a couple weeks, uh, yeah, so and that that was fourteen ninety five, and that's one I, I bought because of that. I, I like exactly. to get get them when they're, before they're out of print, and also I it's a, a film I haven't seen that I'm I'm interested in. Yeah, and they do have sales every now and then, not as frequent, you know. Uh, criterion, you know, there's going to be two flash sales, two Barnes and Noble sales. Uh, they have, but well, they they used to have a birthday sale. So on their on their anniversary, they would put a lot of uh, titles up. I think they didn't do that this year, but then. Uh, in a couple months later, they had a big sale where they they had a whole bunch of titles, um, and so in fact, right now I have a lot of unwatched uh, Twilight times because I did uh, earlier this year. I mm-hmm. did did partake in the sales, but I, I do try to watch uh, a lot of them.
0: Uh, nice, you're you're a good man, Aaron. I'm uh, I I know our our friend on um, the Criterion Completion site, um, Michael Hudgens. I am going against his rule and not watching <laughs> as many of the Twilight time as uh, I would like. Sorry, Michael, but. You know they they are on my shelf and I I do look forward to to getting to them when I when I can and again this podcast was a great excuse to do that I have definitely mm-hmm. over the past um, little while found some uh, some just some some wonderful films and ones that are uh, I'll talk about they're going on my <laughs> my favorite list but <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah well one of the things I, I like about them is that they are generally light uh, so right uh, and. Of course, there are supplements. Uh, there's often a, a commentary with uh, Nick uh, and Julie Kur- Kurgo, or and sometimes somebody else, and they're great commentaries. That, that's yeah, another. They are. It, it's it's a, and you you get to know them too. It's almost like like you know like us. We, we're talking about films. You know, I have I'm having Nick and Julie over to talk about uh, Breaking right. Away or something. So yeah. Um, but they they don't overload the disc, and, and a lot of a lot of them don't have supplements. But for me, I like them because. They're always there. And if I'm just in the mood for, a, I don't want to use the word escapist, but just a, a light film, probably a good film that I'm just going to enjoy uh, without having to delve deep into my, you know, the analysis and, uh, you know, the thematics and everything. Right. So it's almost kind of like just escapist. Well, I've sure. already. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, and you can way.
0: you can think about it more if you want. You know, you can kind of like like uh, one again that's gonna, gonna make my list or one of my short takes is one that I am still wrestling with and uh, mm-hmm. is one that I'm gonna be thinking about for a while. And I haven't gotten to the supplements, so I'll be able to do that. So it's yeah, it's a way to delve into it. Um, you know, we're kind of talking about why we we like twilight time as we have been during this this. Uh, Talk and I, I, like the fact that there are something that they do. Like Criterion does, is they have the essays, um, you know, mm-hmm. doing the booklet too. And a, they do, you know, yeah. A lot of, a lot of studios don't do that. I mean, again, the boutique labels seem to be getting into including some kind of a leaflet or booklet or something that has essays. And I, I love having the, um, you know, some of the restoration information. Uh, it's nice that they you know, include mm-hmm. that. Um, so. Yeah,
1: they they also nice. often have uh, isolated score, uh, which is is neat. Uh, I, I'm not a huge movie score aficionado. I know you you probably are more than me, but. You know, if I was ever just doing some vacuuming, or well, maybe sure. not vacuuming because you couldn't hear it. But if I'm just doing something in the house and it's a movie I love, I might, uh, yeah. might put that on. And, and even if I don't use it, I I like that it's there. Yeah, it's <laughs> I know there. it's irrational, yeah, but it's you there. Want it. Yeah, uh, so. it's it
0: it is nice. I mean, the thing with scores and you know, I've talked on in session film about scores that um, it's not something. You know, sometimes I'll put a movie on in the background and kind of listen to what's going on. You can hear the music, but if you just listen to listen to the music, it may kind of bring up memories and mm-hmm. feelings and emotions of what you felt watching the movie. It's one of the reasons I kind of like going back and, and listening to it. So it seems sure, like yeah. Nick's Nick's on board with that, too.
1: If, if you were to put on the score for Raiders of the Lost Ark, right. you probably would, would be able to uh, follow the movie in a certain respect if you're, if you're a fan. Um, yeah. So uh, we should also mention that sometimes they, they are criticized. Uh, yes. I think often it's their price point. And and you know I'm, of course everybody has their objections. Not everybody can afford a, a thirty dollar disc, uh, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. But if you really think about the market and uh, and the fact that that we are getting these films that we wouldn't otherwise get, you know, we might get them online, but it's it's not the same. Uh, right. I, I think it is a fair price, and I think ha- you know watching out for the sales every now and then. Yeah. Just the, just the like you do with Criterion. Copies, you know? um, yeah. And also, I I think the more I learn about Twilight Time as a business. And and how yeah you know, I think they basically have to sell half their inventory to to break even, so if you think about that if they if if the price was a third of that they probably or two thirds of that they probably would be out of business by now so they yeah. have to be uh, self sustaining and you know we don't want these to be too much of an endangered species we want them to be around a while.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, that's a great, great point that you bring up. I mean, it, it is—it's the nature of the beast, you know. That mm-hmm. we, if we want these these things that we love, we do have to uh, to pay for them. And you know, like you said, there are there are sales, and you can kind of binge on them. So, and
1: you know. people can be critical on the internet, uh, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's something. Well, that, and, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you know. mentioned the price point. Some people are critical that you know, especially I think early on with some of those horror titles that they couldn't get them when they wanted mm-hmm. them. I know the Blob sold out.
1: Uh, it's another one that sold out pretty quick. But sure, yeah. yeah. Which I yeah, have. I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but I, I mean, also, some people will just complain about everything, and people complain right, about exactly. Criterion's too. Uh, yep. People, there's always the Michael Bay thing. Oh, okay, you know, you have Truffaut and Bergman, but you also have Michael Bay. So uh, that's that yep. doesn't doesn't really water down the the content. It just, yeah, you know, it just it's just part of it. They they have their business. They, that's actually,
0: one thing that uh, Twilight Time, I think, has has going for them. They don't have Michael Bay.
1: There you go. All right. There you go. (laughs) For all you Michael Bay haters, uh, Twilight Time trumps Criterion on that front. (laughs) And also, I think they're influenced by Criterion. And uh, in fact, they would admit as much. Uh, And I think they're actually pretty deferential to Criterion. And even though they don't follow their model entirely, and frankly, Criterion couldn't follow the 3,000, that would be limiting themselves, because I think probably their lowest selling title, I'm I'm guessing, would be a minimum of 3,000. And right. Probably their their best, at like a Wes Anderson. I mean, I don't have figures, but maybe a hundred thousand or so. Yeah, would I think. think something yeah, like so. that. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I wondered about you know that influence if there would ever be because a, a number of. Um, the studios have gone at least on some level, even, you know, Masters of Cinema or uh, I think maybe has Scream Factory with it. Yeah, Scream Factory has some yeah. limited edition mm-hmm. copies, you know, wondering if they'll ever go that route because, um, you know, it is a way to you know, state that this is what we're, we're making and uh, does drive sales um, mm-hmm. to some extent. So be interested to see how that kind of uh, affects Criterion.
1: Yeah, Criterion doesn't really—they don't say something's limited edition, but there's always the chance that like a box set will go out of print go out or of print. it'll be yep. split up. Uh, so and like Zatoichi, you know, we just talked about that last week. The dual format went out of print, and they're re-releasing it uh, as a, a Blu-ray. So stuff happens. Right. Uh, you know. If if you want something and you can afford it, I think I wouldn't wait around to buy it. I, I would just buy it. Yeah. Yep.
0: Agreed. One thing I, I thought of, too, or, or really noticed uh, in watching Twilight Time, just wanted to give them a little love. Um, I love the resume feature where uh, right, if you, right. you're partway through a movie, I'm a dad, this happens, uh, I can't <laughs> always watch a movie in one night. And uh, so it it actually brings up, uh, Criterion has the resume um, I think it just says resume film or resume the movie and this right. one has a it actually shows the still from the movie that you, you left on it says you've previously viewed this movie but did not finish would you like to continue where you were last watching <laughs> I love that cool. yeah
1: and I so, hate when I put on an old criterion that doesn't have that and right. I'm so used to it I'm like oh, I, I gotta go find uh, where I was uh, so right. yeah Twilight Time yeah. does a good job with that so yeah, yeah. I I think they, they just do a great job period and I'm, I'm glad they're around I, I'd say they're I don't know if they're the, the second biggest label now or uh, between them and American labels, uh, Boutique, maybe them and Shout, you think?
0: Yeah, I would think. I mean, you know, probably like sheer number of titles. Uh, Twilight Time probably has them, them beat. They're
1: probably number yeah. two, like you said. So You're probably right. I, I, I was yeah. thinking sales, but yeah, I think they probably are number two. So well done, guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nice work. So
1: should we get into our, our short takes or our yeah. little mini reviews?
0: Yeah we, we uh, you know we, we do short takes on the shows often early but of course you know we've been watching some Twilight Time over the past week here and, and of course before but uh, I think these will really be informed by our recent watching. so uh, mm-hmm. Aaron, what's uh, what's one that you you watched?
1: Well my first choice is a, a pretty recent release. it's uh, Paul Schrader's hardcore which I'm, I'm holding right now. it has a nice. clear case which is neat. So, uh, Paul Schrader had a, you know, he, he's a, a well known writer. He wrote Raging Bull, a Taxi Driver. He's directed plenty of films. Uh, there's a criterion connection with Mishima, which I'm hoping gets a Blu ray someday. But he's, and he, he's had a long career, still directs movies. A uh, little controversy a couple of years back with one of them. But I, I actually think he's kind of an unheralded genius. Uh, I, I really like the movie Blue Collar. So, hey, Twilight Time, mm. <laughs> if you can get that one, put, put out Blue Collar. Uh, but so hardcore is a movie that came out. Uh, it was 1979 from Schrader. It was actually his second movie, and it's it's pretty pretty seedy. <laughs> it's actually quite daring. I mean, 70s films could, could be pretty wild, but uh, it's it's basically about the porn industry, about a uh, a puritanical Midwestern religious guy whose whose daughter uh, he, he doesn't know if she ran away or or what, but it appears that she got mixed up into the the porn scene. Mm. Which is also interesting because I I think that the the places this film explores probably don't exist now or at least not like they did in 1979 1980. Uh, sure. So it it's it's an interesting film. It's it's not Schrader's best, and uh, and in fact, there's one thing that's super cool about it is Schrader did a commentary this year for it, um, and which that does happen with Twilight Time, but not as often. You know, you often get the redmond Kurgo commentaries. So yeah, I actually watched this twice. I watched it with the uh, watched the film, and also I watched it again with the commentary, just because I, I liked hearing uh, Schrader talk about it. And uh, he didn't like the, the film. Uh, in fact, uh, I don't think it'll be a spoiler, but at the very end, he uh, usually people say, "Okay, thanks for listening." Uh, hmm. He said, uh, "Well, that was exhausting. I'm glad I don't have to do it again." <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, he he talked he had a very contentious relationship with uh george c scott and uh told some interesting anecdotes about that uh, i won't retell them i i think uh, i would be doing it injustice yeah, and and, and actually he, the same happened with his first film he had a very uh, tough relationship with richard Pryor too uh, blue, on blue collar uh, but what's interesting is both S- scott and Pryor gave great performances uh, in both movies so um i think maybe there's something to that but uh no, it was is it it's fun to hear his his voice. I I, th- I think a lot of Mr. Schrader. So yeah, I think this is uh, one of the better Twilight Time releases. It didn't make my my top five, but it's it's in the conversation.
0: Yeah, that's that's cool. It's one that I was glad to see them release, and uh, it's it's on its way. I should have it soon.
1: Okay, <laughs> uh, right. That's, I guess it you I did it with other pre-orders, so it's w- waiting a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was waiting yeah. for another pre-order release, so.
1: That's one, one thing you have to think about is you have to, if if you pre-order a bunch of titles, you're going to wait for the last one to come out. so, Right. Well, what's
0: yours? So, um, yeah, I wanted to, this was kind of an excuse to jump into ones that I had been wanting to watch, and number one in that list was Sexy Beast. Um, I, for whatever <sighs> reason. <laughs>
1: if people have seen that, they know what I have.
0: Uh, th- this was one I'm a, ever since Under the Skin. I've been uh, had a little obsession with Glazer, and of course, he hasn't done a lot of movies. And this was um, his first full length feature, if I remember. Of course, he did this in 2000, Birth in 2004, and Under the Skin in 2013. And um, he's someone that I, you know, like to follow. So I had to check this one out, and it is just balls out strange. <laughs> uh, it's 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 something else. And I mean I without even talking about the performance from Ben Kingsley, I mean that's the standout performance.
1: Oh, it's so um, great. I love it's, it. <laughs> it's
0: just it's such a strange film. I, I love some of the, the work that was done with the camera. I mean, from the boulder early on to, you know, the camera just being, you know, placed on it and the, the cameras on, on the car door and the camera in the, you know, the revolving door of the bank. Uh, just some interesting placement and changes in location and tone, and there's a there's a um, dream sequence that reminds me of something from maybe like Joe mm-hmm. Um It's I, I haven't seen anything like like that in quite some time, especially from uh, you know a, a, a newer film. It feels a bit like I mean it's a British crime drama. Feels a bit like a, like I think you could probably say you know neo noir uh, of sorts. And um yeah, it's it's something else. I'm so glad to um have it on my shelf and to to finally have have been able to check it out. A really nice looking um Blu-ray from um Twilight Time and, and yeah, and sorry, yeah. Oh oh Bang Kingsley. That's Don Logan, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is it, was that his character's name? I forget. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Don. Yeah. 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 I mean pretty memorable. From... I, I haven't seen it since it came out and I, I remember it as if it's yesterday. So yeah, Kingsley you know, I think the movie was good. I, I wouldn't. I would actually probably say it's his his my least favorite of his, but that performance was just off the chain. That's one yeah. of the most intense characters, and and you know this is the guy that played Gandhi. Come on, <laughs> right? I know it's uh, it's it's interesting
0: to to think of that. I mean, he's such a different different uh, different character, but yeah, yeah great actor. It's, I really liked, I mean, I, I like I like Birth, but I probably put this second behind, at least on a first-time watch, behind Under the Skin. I, I really liked okay. it a lot. I, I love, uh, I mean, I've always wondered what a personal demon looked like, and I, I think you get a, <laughs> a, a shot of that in <laughs> in this film. Uh, almost looks like uh, Donnie, uh, Donnie Darko, so yeah. It's, and I the, you know, towards the, the there's, uh, the back and forth sequence between the, the heist, uh, and I'll just say between the heist and the violence, um, later in the film is just so well done. Uh, it's just so tense and, uh, lovely. So, you know, from a technical standpoint, I just fell in love with this film and, of course, with uh, Kingsley's performance. So it's, if, if you're, uh, you know, a Glazer fan or, you know, Twilight Time, I, I think this is one that uh, folks should check out. I'm actually surprised it hasn't sold out. Maybe I, uh, I'm thinking yeah. Glazer's more popular than he is, but...
1: And you know what? I, yeah. I just realized I don't have it, but I love this film so much. So I'm I mean, I, 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 Just like I, I said, I, I don't love the film, but I, I love the performance so much. Right. But yeah, I'll I have to break down and buy it on my next order. There you uh, go. Assuming it holds out. It's not on the low quantity list, so I think you're okay. But uh, yeah, it's it's one I'd recommend yeah, agreed. So, what about you, sir? Next one, the Prime of Miss Jean Brody, the nice. creme de la creme.
0: Uh, have you seen it? <laughs> no, no, it's on the it's on the shelf, but haven't seen it.
1: This is one I got through one of the uh, the sales. The autographed uh, uh, Pamela Franklin signed Same it. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you know her. She's uh, yeah, she was in this. She was she was Flora in the Innocents. So there's a Criterion connection there. Uh, yeah. But uh, she plays a uh, well. She's a supporting character here. Plays Sally, or was it Sally or Sandy? and uh but the sandy Maggie, sandy, sandy, Maggie Smith is the uh, the protagonist. Uh, she is the the namesake uh, Miss Jean Brody, a teacher at a uh, a girls' school in the thirties uh, in uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, and she's a uh, quite a different teacher. she's uh idealistic, maybe not uh, in the the right way. she's kind of a fascist pro Mussolini uh, pro Franco mm. teaches kids uh, she sees the the children as uh, not really pupils but proteges and she tries to really mold them into becoming uh people like her and she she in her prime is is she she thinks that she's at in the best period of her life and she doesn't want to waste it uh, so I'm not going to get too too far into that because that that pays off at the end uh the the characterization is really something and uh, she actually won the Oscar Smith uh did for her performance and and I think Franklin mm. who plays one of her her uh students she has a a character evolution throughout the movie um she's actually just remarkable I was actually al- almost more impressed with her than I was with Smith Smith was great but uh, but just the way her character uh, go the way the way she takes her character just was uh, fantastic. So I'm actually glad that I have uh, her autograph on the disc. So yeah, I was actually very pleasantly surprised by this uh, movie. I, it's you know it's a school, school, a uh, girls' school film. Not exactly the the type of film you think about uh, when you're. It's not Friday night viewing usually, but uh, I was very taken aback by it. Uh, great characters, uh, really powerful ending. Hmm. So yeah, it's actually I do these lists every now and then. It'll certainly be uh, behind my list, uh, and it's it's by uh, Ronald Neame. So he's yeah. uh, he has Criterion connections with, uh, let's see, yeah, the I horse's mouth, and uh, I think live
0: spirit, and in, in which we serve. He was cinematographer, I saw.
1: Right, and there's another one, uh, "Tunes of Glory." He did, which is oh, also nice. on Criterion DVD. Yeah, he he worked with um, with David Lean too, so on those films. So, yeah, I, I'd say good to great film. Uh, probably, well, my next to favorite of the short takes we're doing. <laughs> my favorite is is yet to come.
0: Ah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> number number two of number two of four. Or so.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well i'm going to I, I think i'm kind of going in reverse order a little bit although we're gonna we're gonna share our last short take but um i alluded to it before i had been wanting to see this probably along with sexy beast my number uh two wanting to see from twilight time that i owned was bring me the head of alfredo garcia the sam peckinpah film from 1974 um this one actually has come up uh, a recently on a, a top five bodies list uh, that I that I heard. Huh. So, um, but uh, yeah, and it's, I, I love the description of it. I, I love when they include just a number of genres. It's an action comedy crime drama thriller. Um, that's, sounds about right.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I, and I, I had a little little hard time really um, getting into the, the comedy aspect of it too, because it is just so dark, but, um, you know, it's, quite the uh i yeah 74 this one is it's not really that well regarded at least critically um there are some some critics that are huh. um fans of it like um ebert notoriously was he reviewed it a couple times when it came out and then later but um yeah i i think it's become very polarizing people either love it or um uh, or hate it you know i've even seen the masterpiece title kind of uh, thrown around i mean it's very I uh, watched it with Keith Silva, and he was commenting on the editing because um, he, well, he's a cinematographer and editor. Sure. And, uh, you know, to me it was, yeah, the editing really contributed to just a very odd pacing. There's these really extended scenes, not really sure sometimes, you know, why they're they're so extended. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still compelling, and I, I thought of it kind of uh, story-wise. I mean, it's a, a story of there's a, a bounty on... Um, the head of Alfredo Garcia, um, where this, um, I, guess, I believe he's a, I guess you can call him a Mexican kingpin, um, mm-hmm. has a bounty of a thousand or a, a million dollars to bring the uh, the head of Alfredo Garcia. I won't I won't mention why. I mean, it's you know, revealed very early on. And uh, I kind of saw it as a descendant to hell kind of uh, story where, um, you know, the um, Warren Oates character is... Uh, searching out this this head there's a number of other bounty hunters also doing the same and uh, it's thought of a a way for um, him to get out of hell but I think he kind of descends into hell even more which is you know probably the uh, the point so um, yeah it's it's one that really had a hard time with uh, at least at first I mean I enjoyed it the love the the costuming I I think uh, the the uh, was it Benny? I was trying to remember his name. Benny's coat, suit, uh, or his uh, coat, shirt, and tie are just awesome, and his sunglasses, uh, <laughs> apparently, which were, you know, borrowed from Mr. Peckinpah himself, um, are, you know, uh, are his sunglasses. And uh, it's it's really, I, I guess it's kind of a, um, from what I understand, it's Peckinpah's favorite film, maybe, of, of his, um, and uh, maybe his most personal. I mean, he came... He was really kind of removed from the studio system uh at this point, so he really had well i, I don't want to say if he was removed, but he really had uh, carte blanche to do what he wanted um at this point so this is uh this is what we got so maybe this is peck and pod it's most uh it is most peck and posh um so i don't know but and there's a there is a uh, i mean we talked about the head there's a lot of um, influences this film is referenced in many other films and of course the one that I thought of was um, you have a, um, a, the, uh, the, a head kind of hanging out with um, in the Sin City, if you remember, uh, mm. Sin City, the uh, the Clive Owen character. Um, I'm trying and, to forget. You know, <laughs> oh, I'm am <I'm> a fan.
1: <laughs> okay, well, well, uh. we're not going to talk about it here. No, <laughs> no pressure. No, it's
0: um, yeah, it's and yeah, you you get him. I mentioned a descent into hell, and it really is a descent into madness too with Benny, where you know he starts talking to the head and calling it Al. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's one that it, it's one of those films. I I think it is a little bit tough. I mean, it's got it's got the peck and paw violence and is just a strange kind of moving film but i, I think is one that is uh, as i like to say going to be a grower
1: you know i actually didn't know it was this uh, divisive I, I thought it was mm, pretty well mm-hmm. received I, I think maybe it didn't do well when it came out but uh, and, and that's that's what it might
0: be yeah but
1: yeah I, I do like this movie i should also mention this one did sell out uh, the, its first run and then came out with an encore edition just recently uh, i think within the last month right yeah Right, but I I am a big fan. Uh, Of course, I'm not going to spoil, but I love the ending. (laughs) Yes, that's great. Got quite an ending. Uh, So, and you know, Peckinpah and Warren Oates, can you go wrong? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're they're good pairing. So it's like a
0: yeah, marriage made in in heaven or hell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There you go. (laughs) So yeah, definitely, uh, you know, thumbs up on that one with the encore edition. I recommend it. I mean, it's it feels like a product of the the 70s uh, too. So if you like 70s film, you got to see it.
1: There you go, yeah. It, it definitely fits in with the 70s, for sure. Yeah. Um,
0: so how about you, Aaron? What's your next one?
1: Well, I, I just have one more, the last one that we're going to do together. So do you have four or three?
0: Oh, that's right, yeah. I was I wanted to just mention uh, The Man in the Dark. That was the, the other one that I had oh, seen. Right, right. Um, there's not really a lot I would really say to, to talk about it. I, I just I wanted to pop it in because it's the first studio 3D film um, the I, I think the next one, like that came out with it a, a month or so was the House of Wax, and uh, just you know really it's not that great of a film overall. It's kind of a, a blank slate really. So um, it's it, it was weird for me. Typically when I go back and watch black and white films, it's one that is um, critically uh, praised. So it was kind of weird to kind of go back and see one that wasn't really that great, but. I was glad I watched it because um, you know, it has it's a nice disc. And I, I think, you know, again, praise to Twilight Time for releasing it as they did. It's a nice—you can choose 2D or 3D, so you can watch it either way. Okay. Um, I, do, I do have a 3D setup, and it looks good. I mean, it's, the contrast is nice. Uh, the depth is nice. I mean, I, I think black and white does mm-hmm. really translate into um, 3D uh, very well and there's a nice uh, roller coaster scene kind of the climax uh, later on that is is well done. I mean, there are some scenes with the 3D where you see things coming at the camera. Some of them well done. Um, some, you know, there's there's like a scene of a um, the, one of my favorites was early on. There's a a scene of a, a surgery where you see the instruments coming at you and the doctors kind of looking hmm. down at him. But later, you know, the advent of Blu-ray, you see you know, like spider. There's a spider um, in the frame, and there's a uh, a bird where you can actually see the wire. Um, so, okay. well, you know, yeah. that's okay. Of, uh, you can forgive that. that some, right? Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's an older film, and uh, you know, it's again with with Blu-ray, maybe uh, it shows that, whereas it uh, it wouldn't before, but. And uh, yeah, there's a little bit of crosstalk here and there, but overall, it's a very um, well-made 3D movie, and just a a really great trailer uh, from the actor Edmund O'Brien, who's in it, um, that uh, kind of talks about it uh, being. There's there's a sign that says "close set, keep out, no exceptions." So they're really trying Mm -hmm. to build the anticipation for it, saying you know you can't really. They give just a little peek at it, um, but. You know that you can't see a, a full trailer of the movie, you just got to go see it. So, yeah, cool. It's really, you know, again, something that I the, the studio probably wouldn't have put out, but uh, is really nice that uh, you know, that Twilight Time uh put it out. And if you have a 3D setup, it's definitely worth checking out, um, in, from uh, Columbia Pictures. So,
1: cool, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's it, I think it's the only other uh, 3D title uh, that except for Harlock. Is that right? I think you're right. Yep, I believe so.
0: So our last short take is a bit of a shared short take. I'm glad we got to do this, Eric. Of course, we do often watch a movie uh, over the same
1: week and mm-hmm. talk about it. So why not do a Twilight Time the same way? So. Sure, yeah. We, we'll get into, a little, into it a little bit more, maybe not as much as our big episodes. but uh, Exactly. But the last well it's fitting the last one is the last detail last detail <laughs> and it's also a recent release uh, relatively re- recent recent release uh, it's Robert town script H- hal Ashby directed so uh in 1970 1970 right three 1973 uh, oh sorry sorry uh yeah so uh, that has Twilight time written all over it although I could oh, it does. I could see this one being a Criterion caliber title, you know when I agreed. I think yeah. of like the uh, the BBS box set. Even though this wasn't a BBS production, it seems to have that feel. Yeah,
0: certainly. Yeah, D- definitely. Uh, you know, American a New Wave uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I I was a big fan of this. It's about. Uh, well, I'll just mention the the plot. A couple two navy men. They bring a young offender. Um, So the two Navy men are Jack Nicholson and Otis Young, and they bring a young—I love seeing this—Randy Quaid, Mm -hmm. uh, Eddie, from uh, Christmas Vacation uh, to—well, the vacation uh, movies—to prison. Uh, But they—along the way, they want to show him a good time. So, yeah— (laughs) Badass (laughs) Badass Badusky. <laughs> <laughs> we can say yes. that, right? Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. Uh, we can.
1: Uh, oh, I, I. Well, this is my second time seeing it. I, I had seen it a, a little while ago, maybe. Okay. Uh, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. and But I hadn't seen it all, uh, since then. So it was a fun movie to revisit. Uh, it's not what yeah. you'd expect from a sailor comedy. But no. it's. And, and I, I would I'd call it a comedy, a uh, dark comedy, oh, maybe. Oh, yep. uh, uh, Drama comedy, maybe. Uh, but. Uh, Road trip movie, <laughs> sure, buddy. Kind of a buddy, buddy movie, yeah. Uh, yep, but uh, definitely. and definitely a Jack Nicholson vehicle. Uh, he's he's yeah. terrific, uh, very much oh, so. Uh, yeah. He is the short police, <laughs> yes, <laughs> or sh- short patrol. Excuse me. I don't want a yeah. beer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, there's so many, so many different. Uh, Quotes in this, and uh, you know the the language is 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 out there. I mean, I'm I'm pretty used to it, uh, but I've heard a lot of talk about. uh, I think this uh, I saw per the essay the studio actually sat on this one for a little little while, but uh, yeah, it's a I I love this one. This was my favorite discovery of our little mini Twilight Time marathon. I'd never seen this before, and uh, this this just goes right up there with one of my favorites from the the 70s uh but like you said hal ashby um mm-hmm. i mean it's it makes me want to see more of his i know they have um what is it uh, uh hope uh there's another one in, in the hope and glory
1: um or hope oh, for oh, glory. Uh, bound for glory bound for glory uh, that, thank you yeah that that's uh woody guthrie that that's a good movie guthrie. too yeah of course he, yeah. he's in the collection with uh harold and maude right
0: so yeah th- this was a really uh i just i, I thought it was um i mean i, I guess it Certainly, related I was relatable as a guy uh, coming into this movie because it's it is funny. It's a, a buddy movie. I did a lot of the things that these guys do: just hanging out, dr- you know, hanging out, drinking cheap beer, um, you know, playing cards, smoking cigars. I mean, all those things. Pulling that, guns
1: on bartenders. I of going, course yeah. Going yeah, to whorehouses. I'm, I'm sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it's um, something drinking uh, Schlitz, of course, but uh, right, right, or Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's certainly a comment on um, you know the American society. I I think a lot of it is really told. I mean, there's a lot of dialogue, but you know, I, I love the scene where Meadows goes to visit his mother, and there isn't really a lot right. said. He just said, you know, he, they just opened the door, and you see where he lives, and he just says, you know, I don't know what I would have said to her anyway. You know, mm-hmm. there's not really a lot else that needs to be said. So it does tell its its story uh, visually, which is which is nice
1: yet it is very dialogue driven uh and mm-hmm. and but the dialogue works to develop the characters and I, and I think it actually kind of synthesizes the time too the, these people are vocalizing the uh, you know 1973 the Vietnam war was still going on uh, right. it, it's not really covered so much but they're they're this is this is not their favorite detail <laughs> the, really the other details were probably overseas but uh i um so, but yeah, so there was a lot of, uh, commentary on the military, on politics, but very, mm-hmm. not, not explicit, very implicit. It's explicit right. in other areas, but, uh, <laughs> and, oh, there's a young, uh, Nancy Allen in there too. Yeah. Nancy uh, Allen sighting. That's cool. Yeah. That was interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, and of course, Randy Quaid, not, yep. uh, not having the best of days these days. Uh, it's too bad because he was a, a good actor, um, kind of got a little crazy but uh but yeah. no, I, I love this movie it, this would be like we, we're not going to canonize here because we, we do the criterion but if we were i would canonize this one
0: yeah yeah i i think i'm with you it was uh really yeah it's just a beautiful film like you said black black comedy um and they're just yeah just so many so many quotes um I I liked I I did like too how you know they really I mean they are sailors and they they seem to n- neither really love or hate their job I mean they they mm-hmm. you know they do say I think it's Mohall one at one point talks about how you know I I've got this the Navy's been good to me you know don't screw this up for me right right um, so it's uh, but he still you know,
1: didn't like that detail that. right <laughs> and you know it I think they actually had a pretty good time for uh for yeah. what's not your ideal uh they, they made the best of it i guess uh so yeah, yeah it's, it's a very easily watchable movie and we should mention that the twilight time disc it doesn't have features i think it has the trailer and it might have an isolated yeah, just score, just I isolated score yeah, yeah so uh yeah. but that's okay you know i i, I think the movie is plenty um I, yeah. I was not clamoring for any more uh, there's plenty you could read about this or elsewhere. Yeah. So um yeah, yeah that exactly. again, I don't essays. buy Twilight Times for the, the supplements. They're just a nice, nice bonus. So
0: Right. And there is a you know there is an essay in the uh, the booklet, so you know you've got some extra extra reading there. And it's a it's a nice transfer. Um I, I did yes. notice it seemed like, you know, when they were wearing the, the black coat, some of the um the detail in the coats was lost a little bit. I, I noted that on. But as it as it went along didn't really bother me, and I thought it was a pretty solid transfer. Four K, uh, as I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, nice, very good, nice very line. good
1: looking disc. Um, so yeah, I, I think mostly Twilight Time transfers are pretty good. Uh, yeah, and th- I'd say this is on the upper upper part of the curve. So yep, it, yep. it's worthy of criterion. So uh, good job, guys. Yeah, nice. Should we,
0: nice should work. We get to our favorites. Yeah, so you know, let's. Uh, I I know you've seen more than I have, Aaron. So some of my favorites are just the ones that I've seen. But uh, yeah.
1: What do you have? Well, you know, I, I should mention that uh, Ryan and Brian are, are good friends who do off the shelf. They had their top uh, Blu-ray features for their hundredth or is it two hundredth episode, right? Recently, right. And uh, Ryan cheated a little bit, <laughs> so <laughs> so I will just say that I I, I took a, I was influenced by him <laughs> some, some liberties, yeah. Well, t- as you a should. Few. Yeah. You know, I I tried to narrow it down, but I really do love Twilight Time movies, and I I love so many of these discs that. uh, And I was just looking at the shelf. I'm like, okay, uh, no, that one, no, no, I can't leave that one out. Right. Got to have that one. So if I have that one, I have to have that one with it. Yeah. And this is one of those. It's a good sign. The latter. So I'm cheating here. I mentioned Harryhausen. In fact, I could have three titles, but. I can't choose between Journey to the Center of the Earth or First Men on the Moon. Okay, I love both. Uh, both tremendous transfers. They just look gorgeous. Uh, as a film, I probably like Journey a little better. I think First Men on the Moon in the Moon uh, it starts out okay, but it gets better. I mean, it's the science fiction part is is very well done. Sure. And I could actually put Mysterious Island right up there with it. Uh, that's also exceptional. And and uh, all three tremendous transfers uh, transfers. Love watching them. They're just you know, fifties or sixties actually uh special effects feast. So mm. uh actually there's fifties and sixties, yeah. so because uh Journey is fifty nine and First Men is sixty four. Uh they both have uh features. They have uh commentaries, both of them and uh actually the the um First Men on the Moon has commentary with Harryhausen, which I did watch when this came out and uh it was uh it was uh, very interesting. And I'm pretty sure these are both sold out. Actually, I think First Men on the Moon is close. Uh, yeah, so, I think it one's still available. But. Well, it's fewer than 20 copies remaining. So by the time this episode is out, it might be gone. So if rush to uh, Screen Archives. If you get it, you're lucky. If not, sorry. But it's <laughs> it's worth it. But there's still um, Mysterious Island, I think, is still available.
0: Nice. Yeah, that that was one I wanted to. just didn't get a chance to actually watch with my kids. You know, I think they'd, they'd have fun with... Uh, any of those, Mysterious Island, Journey, you know, First Men of the Moon, but... Um, I,
1: th- I think know, Mysterious Island campy. might might be the more fun because it's it's campier and there's bigger monsters and I, I think right. they, they might laugh at it as much as they, they'd uh, enjoy right. it, so... Uh.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a, definitely a, a good pick. My son likes the monsters, he loves Godzilla and all that stuff, so... So, yeah, the one that I wanted to mention is uh, this was actually my first Twilight Time release that I was able to watch. I was on a bit of a Fritz Lang bender, and uh, I checked out uh, The Big Heat. This was a um, 1953 film, kind of a later noir for him. This film's, I mean, very well regarded on um, in many, many circles. I've heard some people call it even their favorite Lang. I'm not sure if I could go there, but I was certainly taken with it on the uh, the first time. Um, And, you know, little criterion connection and a connection to one of our uh, most recent shows, In a Lonely Place, uh, starring Gloria Graham as uh, Debbie Marsh. So Mm. nice to see that. And uh, I'm a big Glenn Ford fan. You can't uh, go wrong with him. He plays the the detective who um, kind of put through the ringer in this movie. And uh, also Lee Marvin um, in this film. So, of course, it's uh,
1: well known for the coffee pot scene. (laughs) Okay. So You know, this is one I, I had on my queue to watch for this episode, and I just didn't get to it, just ran out of time. Uh, but yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I, I want to, and I will one day, probably soon, yeah. actually, since these are my uh, my escapist movies. So
0: Yeah, and that's another, uh, Big Heat was another encore edition, so I think it went out of print right pretty quickly, and so nice to, to have that one back. What's another favorite of yours, Aaron?
1: Zardoz. Zardoz. <laughs> have you seen Zardoz yet? I have. It's been a
0: while. I just remember how crazy it was. We we almost did that one instead of "Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia," but I don't think Keith was quite ready for it.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, Zardoz is. You know, it's it's a B movie, but it's also it's it's a B movie with A aspirations, and it's it's so out there, so wacky, and uh, and, and it actually is well done for 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 what it is, but it's. It's you know the, the flying head uh, the the sexual yeah. references there's plenty of them it's just it's just a riot and I it was my first time watching it when I when this came out I, I'm actually surprised mm-hmm. this one has not sold out I think it was a yeah a, me too it might have been a five thousand uh, copy of,
0: yeah it I, is I I, yeah. I I wondered about that too like because I saw a lot of love for this when it first came out I thought it was going to sell out so mm-hmm. I grabbed my copy quick but maybe you know if it was three it would have sold out
1: by now but, yeah it's it's yeah. definitely a, a cult film. So I, yeah. and when I first watched it, I, I didn't know what to make of it. I, it's just it's so out there. So I, I had to chew on it a while, and I actually did uh, watch the commentary with Borman, uh, which was very interesting. He, uh, mm. I, I, of course, that's not a new one. I don't I don't recall when it was recorded, right. but he shed a lot of insight. And actually, I the more I thought about it, the more I you, know, you you have to buy into the philosophy of the film, okay, or kind of wrap your head around it. It's not exactly accessible. And I, the more I thought about it. I, I kind of ended up liking it more, and not just in the the campy, like bad films, mystery science theater right. kind of way, but, and sure. right. but but actually, I, I actually think it's actually a really good movie. Hmm. And plus, there was a Rick and Morty uh, uh, spoof of it, which is you wouldn't get it if you hadn't seen the movie. So uh, there's that nice. too. Nice. Well,
0: folks, you heard it here first. Zardoz is a good movie. (laughs) Actually, probably not first. I'm sure other people have said that. (laughs) Right. No, I'm with you. And again, it's been so long, I just can't place my finger on it. But I I really appreciated it uh, when I first saw it. It was uh, an easy buy for me. You know, it's kind of that in the back of your head. Oh, yeah, I really like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. So good. It's a good get for for Twilight Time, I think. So the next one I wanted to talk about, I really just wanted to kind of pair them. And the thing is, we we talked about these, but this was a nice, uh, again, just wanted to shout out Twilight Time uh, for releasing some later Truffaut. Um, I, I would love to see them do some more. And of course, this is The Bride War Black and the story of Adele H, which we we talked about a bit when we did our Truffaut middle period uh, episode. Um, so Again, some of these are, they're hard to find. I, I know there's a few mid and later Truffaut that are available from, I think it's Artificial Eye or another distributor in the U.K., but n- not in the U.S. And, um, yeah, these were uh, even, you know, the nice thing is the Bridewear Black actually includes a bonus CD, which is um, a conversation with uh, Bernard Herrmann. Um, so, you know,
1: something you know, different
0: from, yeah. from Twilight
1: Time. So Yeah, but also um, keeping with the, the music uh, theme. You yeah. Know, yeah I, Twilight Time is definitely a label for people that like film scores, for sure.
0: Right, right. And, you know, buying them through, uh, you know, Screen Archive is really more of a, a, a music uh, label. So it mm-hmm. was a good marriage to have them be the, you know, the website that you can buy uh, Twilight Time from. So Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so nice, you know, nice discs. Again, if you're a, a true faux fan and want to kind of delve into some of his later, mid to later stuff, these are well worth checking out. I'm probably a bit more of a fan of the story of Adele H. That's a, a slower mm-hmm. film, but yeah, probably too. a you know a, a better a better film and. Uh, you can watch *The Bride Wear Black* when you're in the mood for uh, watching something that may or may not have influenced Tarantino. So, that's right, that's go.
1: right. And there's also *A Mississippi Mermaid*, also from Twilight times, which is right. worth mentioning. It's worth watching. I, it's of those three, it's probably my least favorite, but it's good. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I have another tie, and I have no rationalization for this one. There, my, well, okay. It's they're both '70s movies. Actually, they're not even that. It's just a tie, <laughs> because one of them is an '80s movie, right? Uh, I, Fair. Yeah, it's just a tie. Uh, Fat City, nice. F- Fat City, of course, John Huston, the great late career movie, a boxing movie, which is uh, it's actually not not your typical boxing movie, uh, more oh, character driven. Uh, love the film. The other one was actually recommended by our good friend Brian Sauer, and I saw it somewhat recently. It was Cutter's Way. So oh, nice. I really yep, liked that. Now, seen that, yeah. Nice. I believe they both have audio commentaries from Redmond and Kurgo. Uh actually I'm sorry, uh, Fat City ha- has one with uh Redman and Lou Dobbs, Yeah. And I did yeah. watch that one. That was good. I haven't watched the cu- Cutter's Way one yet, but uh but no, they're just good movies and that's since it's a tie and I cheated. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
0: good. <laughs> Good, good call there. That was uh, Fat City was uh, one of Keith's pick for our uh, movie group, and yeah, definitely enjoyed that. That was we we're on a bit of a kick with watching um, lesser known films from uh, directors that we had seen. Of course, John Huston, important director, so it mm-hmm. was <laughs> mm-hmm. nice to see nice performance from uh, Stacy Keach, especially there. I like that. So, well, the other two, you know, my other favorites, I they're ones I've already talked about, so I'll just mention them briefly. Uh, the next one is uh, Sexy Beast um so it's not really much more to say there just that you know if you're looking for something that is just crazy um and uh you know a great performance from ben kingsley that's one to check out so that that one shot right up there uh, as expected to uh, one of my favorites
1: okay well i have another i have another cheat (laughs) an inexcusable cheat uh my next one is another tie and there's it's a 30s film and a 60s film. Uh, uh, American War versus British uh, espionage, or not espionage, but British uh, royalty uh, uh, controversies. Oh, cool. Uh, Drums Along the Mohawk from our good friend John Ford and mm-hmm. A Man for All Seasons by uh, Zinnemann. So, yeah, nice. no, no connection. Uh, great performance by Schofield. Uh, great uh, period piece. Uh, and an a, a, a excellent transfer. I really... Think people should watch it for uh, for the transfer. If nothing else, uh, Drums Along the Mohawk is an, not my favorite John Ford film. Yeah, you know, he's had so mm-hmm. many so many great ones. Oh yeah. Uh, it's 1939, you know, one of the greatest years in cinema, people would say. I would wow. say. And uh, yeah. but it's a rich color, and actually the transfer really brings out the color. Uh, it's a another period piece. Uh, there's the connection. Period <laughs> two period pieces. Go. Thank yeah. you thank you Aaron for uh for stumbling on the that connection. <laughs> <laughs> uh also uh The Drums Along the Mohawk has uh, the uh Oh, I'm sorry. I I thought it had a uh, becoming John Ford. Oh yeah, it does have becoming John Ford, which is a uh, Redman uh, produced it for when he was working for the studio and it was nominated for an Oscar and it's a, an excellent That's documentary right. that I I recommend people check out and uh, also a commentary.
0: Nice. That's a nice supplement on there. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that was there.
1: That's, that, that's, that's, that's cool. criterion worthy, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it really, it gets to another genre that I think they do have a lot of, uh, that, you know, for, for what it's worth. I mean, there's a, there's a number of, you could say war movies, some World War II movies, there's some period pieces, you know, you could call, I, I don't know if Drums rolling the Mohawk's really a war movie, but it, that's kind oh, of the sure. backdrop. So yeah, yeah, um, kind of, yeah. You know, you know, kinda. some historical uh, pieces. So yeah, they definitely dip their toes into that one. It's there
1: are guns pick. on the cover, so <laughs> I can that as a right. <laughs>
0: Guns. Well, lastly, uh, I'm going to—you know, my, my last pick is one, again, we've already talked about and really shot up to um, being probably my favorite film that I've seen. Well, I, I'm going to say The Big Heat and uh, The Last Detail is my other pick. Uh, those are my two favorite Twilight Time films cool. that I've seen. Um, really nice releases, uh, surprises on both. I mean, I expected— the big heat to be good. I just was surprised how much I liked it. And I'm With You, The Last Detail, um, great film, you know, you could say from the mm-hmm. um, American New Wave and uh, Criterion Worthy, just a, a nice, nice get for them. And uh, apparently there is a sequel that's coming out, yeah, uh, I think, yeah. this year.
1: That's um, that's very I'm interesting. The Last Detail. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. If, well, there was a novel uh, that was written many, many years later. I guess they, they encounter each other again. I, of course, I haven't read the novel, but uh, I'm, I'm curious. Um, yeah, who knows? Number of not? years later, and That'll uh be interesting. If, if they're doing the graduate too. Why not do this? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I,
0: it's cool. The, the, you know, the thing I did mention before, just because I was a little bit worried going into the movie about Jack Nicholson and what his performance would be like. You know, is it going to be Jack Nicholson playing Jack Nicholson, or is he going to be able to um, really tailor his persona to the character? And I, I think it's just perfect casting, you know, is uh, what I would say. I, I think he just embodies this, this sailor, and, or this sailor embodies Jack Nicholson. I don't know, but I just loved... Um, one of my favorite scenes was the scene where he's walking down the sidewalk after that scene in the bar uh, and they're just goofing on, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, uh, the bartender and oh, what he's done. Oh, great. Oh uh, yeah.
1: And you know, so I, many great moments. You could, you could accuse Jack of being Jack and, and mm-hmm. that being his performance style, but I love Jack. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I can watch yep. Jack, I, well, in the seventies, I could watch Jack re- reading the phone book and I'd be fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was pitched, so. Yeah. Uh, but so you could say the cuckoo's nest is is a, another variation of Jack, you know, in, in an institution. So, uh, right. yeah, no, I, I think he's he's just tremendous actor. Also, Criterion connections with uh, the Monty Hellman pictures. So, and there's right. probably... Oh, and of course, head was he was part of that and and the BBS scene. So, uh, yeah, great movie. Exactly. All right, good you ready? Stuff. Ready for my number one? Lay it on me. Breaking away.
0: Nice. One that's of, a Brian Sauer favorite too, if I remember. I, I know uh, cool. there's
1: a lot of overlap with Brian Sauer here. Um, yeah, I've I mentioned that I, I've been a sportif. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I, I did ride a bike. I still have some bikes, and will I, as you know, I was injured a little bit, but uh, but but it's not really because of that. I, maybe that's what attracted me to the film. But I, I just think it embodies the small town mentality versus mm-hmm. the the big city uh, or the 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 preppy uh, i don't know i'm not really prepared to do a full review uh, but um i just love the movie <laughs> yeah. it has one of you know we talk, we talked about well, not going to go into the ending <laughs> but uh one of my favorite uh, sports movie endings and oh, nice. kind of fits with downhill racer the way we talked about that uh, i i'm not going to mention how but people have seen that and you know we we talked about the natural that during that episode uh could c- kind of see where where i'm going with that it's just very excellent ending uh great characters a lot of young actors that would become famous later uh well one had already been in the bad news bears and would later be in watchmen so <laughs> uh, and uh, of course quade the uh the, the brother quade dennis was in that
0: right yeah yeah this one's based on a true story if i
1: remember right uh, I don't know. Actually, good question.
0: Um, okay, I, th- I thought it was. And I, again, I could be wrong. I, I'm always looking for that. For my wife loves movies that are based on true stories, but it it did win an Oscar for best writing. Um,
1: yeah, excellent writing. So, and uh, also, yeah. uh, you have to mention uh, Dennis Christopher. And also, is it Paul Dooley played his dad? Yes, uh, both excellent. I think he recently passed. Mm. Uh, they're they're both uh, amazing. Uh, Daniel Stern, uh, quite a cast, but. Even despite the cast, just very well structured uh, film. Oh, and uh, and I should mention that it was uh, Peter Yates, another Criterion connection, because he right. did uh, Friends of Eddie Coyle. And is there something else? I think that's it. Yeah, I
0: think I
1: think so. It's his only one, but um,
0: I, I think uh, uh, Peter Yates. No, he passed in 2011, but um, but uh, Paul Dooley is still alive at this point. Sorry, Paul Dooley. I, I did <laughs> that's not <okay>. mean to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh but uh yeah that's cool I, that's really that's pretty high i mean you just picked one that's like you know top three for me i want to check out from from twilight time haven't seen it yet so oh you got to see it
1: okay well i'm glad i didn't spoil it because <laughs> right uh, or even lead you in that direction so
0: yeah so there's some good uh, upcoming titles uh they do did announce some pre-orders um, for uh, one that caught my eye, I've never seen. I, again, this is a common theme from uh, 1981, Eye of the Needle, Richard mm-hmm. Markhand, and, uh, of course, starring uh, Don, Donald Sutherland. Um, there's some more Charles Bronson coming into the collection. They definitely like their Bronson. They with, do. Uh, <laughs> from Noon Till Three and uh, Murphy's
1: Law. Mm-hmm nine to five uh is coming out uh which is one that i saw several times on cable that was that was a staple of uh, 80s 90s cable so i'm Working gonna pass to on that five. one yeah mm-hmm. but yeah, da- down too. the road they they have uh the train i mentioned the encore edition uh and on that note they have runaway train box car bertha the same day so uh there's a little train connection and the bullet train um and the chase All actually right. the same month a little little theme there and uh, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, which is one I haven't seen, that, but I wanted to, so I'm gonna mm. probably check that out. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, have Ma- you seen inserts? That's from '75. That's one I, I think is like NC17 or something. I've, I, haven't, I don't know.
1: No. Is, yeah. Would you recommend it?
0: I don't know. I, I Brian Sauer was talking about it. I, it sounded uh, sounded interesting. So
1: I'm, I'm probably gonna buy it. I, I, <laughs> Brian's recommendations uh, tend to stick with exactly. It. Uh, yeah. I, I would yeah. recommend Moscow on the Hudson. Uh, Robin Williams, May he Rest in Peace. Uh, one of my favorite performances of his. Uh, a lot mm. of The Boston Strangler. I haven't, no, I'm, not, I'm sorry. I have seen The Boston Strangler, and it's pretty good. Mm. Uh, and there's another Alan coming out, Stardust Memories, which is probably his most Bergmanesque film. It's, it's between that and Interiors. <laughs> oh. I almost forgot the title. Uh, but it, it's sort of like Bergman, yet making fun of himself. Have you seen it?
0: No. No, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I think That's I cool. think it'd be up your alley. Yeah, a lot of good stuff, and uh, you know, just the the amount of uh, the sheer number of titles that they're releasing is uh, it's impressive. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. looking for, uh, you know, you're gonna know some of them, and some of them are going to be just gems that you've uh, either you know hadn't heard of, or there may be some cross pollination with a director that you know. So mm-hmm. you know, definitely worth checking out.
1: Yeah, what I tend to do is when they release them, uh, the, when the, the pre-orders are coming is I, I tend to look up each film and, yep. and, and some you know I, I have never heard Same. of, but they look they sound interesting and I, I tend to like them. Yeah. But another one worth mentioning since we talked about Bogart a few weeks ago is the Barefoot Contessa is coming out. That was one oh, of yeah. his last roles. So uh, yeah. and there's also uh, Nicholas Nickleby, which is 2002. So again, they're all over the place and uh, Keys of the Kingdom, 1944. so yeah <laughs> that's in December. Um,
0: yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, and I tend to do, you know, you you look it up when they announce them. A lot of times, I'll look them up some, but a lot of times I'll look them up when the sale or, oh, or signed sure. copy is coming. Be like, hmm, which one should I, uh, you know, <laughs> fill out my <laughs> order with? So, yeah.
1: And, so, and, and the next good year, stuff. I know they're going to get, you know, 50-plus titles that uh, they hope that we'll like. So I, I have a feeling exactly. we, we will like a, a lot of them. Um, so I, keep it up, Twilight Time. It's fun uh, watching you. We, we don't talk about you all the time on this podcast, but... I'm yeah. a fan and a connoisseur.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sometimes they come up on a short take or something like that. But, yeah, we love our boutique labels, and you guys are really knocking it out of the park. So yeah, nice keep work. keep it up.
1: Keep it up. Yeah. So.
0: so where uh, – we, well, we can find them. We just want to mention where to find Twilight Time. They have a number of places. Uh, you can shop for them on uh, Screen Archives. Uh, we would mentioned that's screenarchives.com. That was originally where you could find all of their releases. They were exclusive there. Uh, and you will find some some sales there, so you can mm-hmm. check them out there. Uh, you can also find them on twilighttimemovies.com. That's their newer site. I think that came that was uh, put together last year. Last
1: year, year yeah. Um, and sometimes the stock is different. For example, you sometimes you won't find a title on uh, Twilight Time, but uh, you will on Screen ar- Archives. Actually, uh, Sexy Beast is one of those because I, I, I noticed I didn't have it, and I checked earlier. So uh, one day I'll buy it from Screen Archives. Um, right. But yeah and yeah. you can buy them from Amazon I, I, I they, they used to have a their own store they're, you know they're kind of like uh, masters of cinema has best media group they had their own sure. and they might still I, I haven't bought from Amazon in a while you'll also find a lot of used copies so with the price inflated so you know unless you really want to pay out the nose for an out of print I'd uh, I'd stick with uh, Twilight Time and screen archives I, the service is sometimes screen archives has had a, a little some problems uh they, they had problems with a big sale last year mm-hmm. but they have great yeah, service numbers right yeah. and I've, I've reached out to them before super responsive and, yes, uh, and i've never had customer to, service yeah. very much so and never had a problem with the, the new site the twilight times so yeah
0: right yeah they do do a good job and you can find uh we can I certainly recommend following them on Facebook. You see a lot of updates for upcoming releases, and you'll mm-hmm. get. It's a good way to get the uh, you know uh, low quantity alerts yeah. on Facebook. So you know, search Twilight Time there.
1: Also, and, they, they um, do uh, interact too. So sometimes, yeah, if right. you ask them a question on their Facebook, a lot of you'll be, sometimes be surprised at the answer. Sometimes they've actually revealed titles coming or directors coming on Facebook. So uh, yeah, uh, check it out. And they're on yeah. Twitter, Twitter too. I, I follow them on Twitter, but I. I I can't think of, I think it's mostly just alerts and uh, Mike Finnegan essays and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Essays, reviews, some news. And yeah, that's, so that's at twilight time, DVD. If you want to follow them there, definitely recommended there. So yeah, good stuff.
1: And I should also mention that uh, there there's blu-ray.com has a forum that is good for as a reference. If, If you look at the first page and we'll have all these links in the show notes, but the first page always has the the low quantity alerts. It has the up and coming uh, uh, titles, and it also has a, an archive. And if you want, you can you can engage in the thread. People generally talk about what they buy, what they're interested in, and uh, and sometimes they'll talk right. about the titles. Twilight Time used to be a, a member there, and I think they they interacted there, but they stopped maybe uh, sometime this this year. But you know they they have plenty of places they can engage with uh, their their customers. Facebook I think is probably their their choice so
0: yeah it seems to be the best one yeah yeah we'll, we'll include uh, some links to uh, i know you'd found that the, the killer pov podcast there's a interview on the site um uh, nick's picks sure uh, it's an interview with uh, nick redmond so you know definitely go to the the site uh, criterion close-up and criterion blues for uh, for some links you get it so yeah well that's uh, Twilight Time. Uh, we just, again, wanted to plug another boutique label that we love. Uh, I have probably more discs than I, I should, and <laughs> I haven't watched as many as I should, but, you know, I, I've got time, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get there.
1: So, I have to catch yeah. up, too. Uh, yeah, but uh, but I will.
0: Yeah, great to talk to you about the, uh, them, them, Aaron. It was a lot of fun.
1: That was fun, yeah. So I guess it's yeah. Twilight on the episode. Twilight That's Time right. on the episode. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So yeah, so folks, uh, you know, thanks for listening, and uh, we would love some more feedback. You know, one thing I was thinking of, if you would uh, like to email us at feedback at criterioncloseup some feedback on Twilight Time or some of your favorite uh, releases. Um, yeah, you know, that would be great to hear what you like uh, from them, either a movie, a particular release, what you like about them. Um, you know, definitely like some some feedback there. You can comment on Facebook, uh, Facebook slash Criterion Closeup, or tweet us at Criterion. See and uh, yeah, love to hear what you think. Yeah, man. So, uh, Aaron, where can folks find you online?
1: Uh, a West five hundred five, and I'm starting to tweet a little more <laughs> now. I, I had a little lull after the voca- uh, vac- vocation vacation, but uh, so yeah, that's that's it.
0: Yeah, some good good stuff there. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mark Herney. Uh, I love when folks uh, tag me on stuff, so I, I see it. I'm not as active online as I would like to be, again, that whole time thing. but
1: uh, Yeah, uh, jobs, definitely. kids. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what are you going to do? Yeah. so yeah definitely uh, interact with us we'd love to uh, get some comments and comment back and uh, our next uh, we're actually gonna take a, a short break and come back with our next episode is going to be part one of our uh, French series from the 1930s I'm looking forward to this Aaron. it's
1: a biggie, yeah so I, I'm really looking forward to it actually I was working on it this morning so uh, yeah it's gonna be gonna be a good one
0: nice transition into that so yeah. Uh, look forward to that. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to Criterion Close-Up. Talk to you soon.
1: I got to pee. <laughs>
0: yep. Let's do it. Uh, we'll keep recording.